This is Chris Aldrich of bafosaco.com. Yeah, I couldn't think of any others to shove in there. Maybe an XYZ somewhere, but... Well, XYZ is, you know, increasingly popular. Yeah. You, you could, you know, I own not only Shansky.com, but I also am involved in Shansky.net. Excuse me, no, I have Shansky.us and Shansky.com. I don't think I bought Shansky.net. I have to go look. And mm. Now that I mentioned that, you know, somebody is going to just snap it up. Well, I, I keep thinking we need to get Shansky.org so we can, you know, make the, uh, the, the, the uh, fan club official. Well, I also own GWG. Our last episode was in August. It was just before I left town for a few weeks. And I was excited about the possibility of uh, being productive. And were you productive? Well, I still haven't released the MicroPub plugin. And, uh, that's mostly because there's still a few people having auth issues, which I can't uh, isolate. And honestly, I can't even isolate if it is a MicroPub issue or if it is an indie auth issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some things did happen. The uh, MicroPub plugin is now part of an in. Oh, that's good. Uh, so it is no longer um, under the ryan barrett snarf repository he decided i think i may have uh, sent him too many pull requests <laughs> that's always a good problem to have though yeah but um the list of things that are waiting to be released um and hopefully in the so how many people are having problems with it besides me well uh let's see uh, we have an issue to track this. Uh, so I finally fixed a bunch of Michael Bishop's problems. Um, but we still have this odd error and note going. So uh, some of it had to do with load order. But it was sort of puzzling why it didn't quite work for everybody. Why would it work for, why would load order affect some people and not other people? And I haven't quite figured that out. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that always kills me too is. Quill seems to be just rock solid regardless of what's going on. Yeah. And then it's all the rest that seem to have issues. Yeah. Well, Quill, the interesting thing is Quill sends the access token two different ways. It sends it both as an encoded property and it sends it as a, a basically as a header. Now, looking hmm. at your notes from when you filed, um, I added something into IndieAuth that actually notes head, um, whether it saw a header or didn't see a header. And on yours, from on your swarm, it says header absent. Yeah. That I'm still having trouble with that header issue. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why the older version would accept it, except the older version would frequently allow you to do things even if you didn't have full authorization. So part of the problem is I think that I hardened something in a good way that may have exposed a problem that was already there. Mm. But it's sort of hard to tell. Uh, beyond that, let's see. Um, IndieAuth got some updates. And this is me going through the what I did. Um, um, the new version of the IndieAuth plugin now allows you to manually uh, merge in a token. So if you wanted to get a token in the back end and then use it in an app, 
without having to go through the indie auth workflow, you actually can now. That can be useful. Uh, also, on a positive note, um, client information discovery went in. That is basically um, a nice information screen. So if you went under users and then manage tokens, um, I rewrote the entire presentation there. So previously, you would have seen uh, basically an unordered list. Now it is a table that looks like all the other WordPress tables. And uh, every site has a name and a client icon if one one exist, yeah. Yeah. So there are some advantages to that. It's prettier. I can do pretty. Yeah. Um, but basically it's the same list table that everything else uses. And the add token option now appears at the bottom. And uh, then we get to post kind, which I, I'm not sure. Have you tried the new version? I'd run with it a little bit, and I should have some time tonight to my tinker is, around with it my plan is a little to bit release, more. Release it within the next day or two. So, uh, let's see. What do we have on the list here? Um, the add new node in the dash bar in WordPress has been fixed. It wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, itinerary is now part of post app discovery. Uh, it no longer tries to return a failed attempt to parse a URL. Uh, the new postkind registration function in classes replaced the previous filter. Uh, so I broke all your postkind. That's nice. Uh, well, no, it, actually, if you do it the new way, it's actually a little easier. Oh, that's, well, I'm going to have to rewrite that old post then, I guess. Yeah, well, the reason why is that somebody kept registering new posts, or at least new postkinds. So I've created a postkind registration function. And there's a bunch of other reasons for it, but uh, this. Well, I guess the question is: Does that do? Does it do it locally for each person that does a new kind? Because I know there's a few folks out there who've created, you know, and there's. It's maybe not the most indie web way of doing things to just willy nilly create a new post kind, but it's nice to have that freedom and flexibility if you want something very uber specific for your own yeah. site. I would prefer that people uh, come and ask me to reserve something for them. Said this yeah. is something I will someday want to do. And because I know there's changes as the community evolved. Yeah, well, I know there's you know things like un unfre- infrequently used things like eat and drink. Uh, um, well, that the only reason that they're infrequently used is that no one's using them. Um, it doesn't mean that I, <laughs> there's that too. Well, no, there's no interface for it. And part of this was about an interface. So there, um, this is step one. Uh, the step that I want to do next is to basically make it so that each, that the registering of each post kind in this new format would actually define which properties that post kind was supposed to display in the UI, which means it would go find the instructions for rendering each box and just render it Mm -hmm. rather than now where I've hard coded a lot of that. Well, that seems like it'll make things like itineraries and recipes, which potentially could have, you know, large numbers of data fields. Well, it's, it's my partial answer to Gutenberg. I don't know what I want to do about Gutenberg. I'm not looking forward to it. But the idea is, if everything is dynamically generated, it doesn't matter what's dynamically generating it. You just tell mm-hmm. the back end, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like, and let 
the other side figure out how to make it look that way. Yeah. So this is, um, again, an intermediate step, but I want to release it because it makes a bunch of backend changes that might affect people before I make the other ones that affect the next piece. Uh, let's see. There's an um, parse this, which is the, the parsing library that was uh, built in that was based on the old press this uh, that WordPress got rid of uh, is now being slowly split into its own little library. Has there been any work on that since they split it out? I know there was a flurry for two or three months and then it kind of went quiet. Uh, well, it's not actually its own repository. It's its own. Um, it basically acts as its enti- um, independent piece now inside Postkinds, and eventually I probably will make it its own repository. Now, um, it is being used in uh, Yarn, the microsub server, which is what prompted me to want to mm-hmm. split it off. Now, it is not as good, uh, let's say, as X-Ray, um, but it's different because it does different things. Man. X-Ray being Aaron Parecki's um, parsing thing. Um, it did get some inspiration from some parts of it, and there are a bunch of other parts I want to clean up. But what it, um, what it does now is it doesn't uh, recheck the same thing over and over again. Instead, it does it once and then shares that information with the different parsers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the One of the comments was that it was taking too long. So it should be about twice as fast. Well, I didn't think it was terrifically long. Yeah, but uh, when you're doing it for feed reading... Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Now it also it switched to a um to a different way of doing generation. It uses XPath over um, regular expressions, so that's another time saver. It now gener mm-hmm. um it now takes uh, basically OGP, which is the Open Graph Protocol, which a lot of websites that don't do microformats do, and actually converts it over to microformats properties. So it should act. It was doing that before, but not quite so uh, neatly. Does uh is there a pre-existing tool that takes OGP and turns it into microformats? No, I wrote that. Um, that I mean, was, that, that was like that was built into the old version. It just wasn't as neat. So, well, that seems that seems like it's the kind of thing Kevin Marks would have sitting in his back pocket somewhere, uh, built in as a hey hey this just works. Well, the whole idea tool. is that you're trying to generate, um, in my case, citations. Mm-hmm. So a citation in this context is basically for the purpose of link previews. So the idea is you want to be able to say this is what um, what site I'm linking to and what's the name, what, and that OGP does actually share most of that information. Yeah. Now, if you have microformats, it's going to get a lot more information. It's going to pull everything, and basically it puts it into either, depending on the settings, it, it supports... Um, I have to check. As far as I can tell, uh, it now supports compliant microformats to JSON and JF2, which is the simplified version, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually required because Microsub uses the simplified JF2, and every, um, everything else uses microformats JSON, so it should be as consistent as I can make it. And there's a conversion function between the two. Now, uh, that leads into rel alternate which we talked about last time where it was commented that postkinds was not generating compliant markup so it was neither mm-hmm. mf2 nor jf2 and now everything it outputs should be consistent no that's good and that would create a problem because uh micropub actually pulls um the same properties that postkind stores in and that was a conversion i did a while ago but it wasn't storing it 
the same way, which means that the output would not be consistent. So I am not retrofitting old uh, posts unless I have to, but the new ones should be fine. Mm -hmm. One problem at a time. So all my uh, all my off the books post kinds, I'm gonna have to go into my. Uh... Well, no, they'll still they'll still display. This is um the, this is if somebody's actually looking at the data directly in the database. Okay. Uh, so you might have a problem if somebody tries to actually pull the the data and doesn't convert it some way. So when it's displaying, it's it is automatically converting it, is what it's supposed to do. Okay. Uh, let's... That's useful. Let's see what else. Um, author URLs were actually being parsed by making a second call to the author URL and basically pulling that page and doing it again. Uh, that's temporarily turned off. Uh, hmm. The reason for that is that was two function calls and that was doubling the time of parsing and you weren't getting that much more information, so I have to rethink that feature. So you're hmm. still getting the name, but if you wanted the organization and all that other stuff, most of the time for the citation, you don't need it. So I'm going to redo it and hide it behind an optional flag. So if you want it, you ask for it. Otherwise, it's not going to give it to you. Yeah. Seems like a more efficient way of doing it. Uh, let's see. The descriptions of kinds and names are now updated on plugin activation or loading of the settings page. This relates to an internationalization uh, request. Basically, somebody wanted everything to uh, be stored in the database with the internationalized name. Uh, now it will be, and it will be refreshed every time you reload, which means somebody will come to me and say, I changed it manually, which you're not really supposed to do, and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So um, I can't make everyone happy, but we'll try. Uh, let's see what else. Um, for new posts, um, citations, again, stored in uh, compliant microformats uh, citations, and some of the, if you refresh and update the post, it will update the data. It just won't go through and automatically do that when displaying it, only if you actually reload the thing. Mm -hmm. um, the old property will be deleted when you change the kind so if you have a like and you change it to a bookmark it will get rid of the like property inside the metadata which it wasn't doing before yeah I'd always kind of wondered it then I think I noticed it once or twice it was the reason why I couldn't do quick edit which uh, yeah. people asked for which is because it, would, it wouldn't automatically move the data now it automatically checks to see if the, new, if the data has been moved if not it moves it and then deletes the old data Slick. Uh, let's see. All of the the finding of photos, audio, and video for a post is now inside the microformats to post class. And therefore, it's running a little differently. It means there's one place where it tries to find all those things, uh, which is me trying to solve the problem of duplicate image yeah the the old rendering problem who renders what when and where well if somebody imports it into the content and then it's automatically attached because it's in the properties how do you avoid that and uh, this version may do a lot of work to try to figure that out but it does try to figure it out if it finds yeah. any images inside the content then it will not try to do anything else hmm. uh let's see what else do we have here um, all of the properties are initialized before the templates are loaded instead of being having each person initializing them inside their own template. Yeah. If you actually do initialize it, it won't hurt anything. Um, beyond Just to cover that, because the microformats to post class actually pulls not just the post itself, but all of the associated metadata in order to generate microformats, that can be uh, expensive as a database query. 
So now it caches that data if it's requested multiple times in a page load. So basically it stores it so if you ask for it a few times, it won't have to go back to the database. Yeah. Now if you refresh the page, it does ask for it on each page refresh. So this is so the, I, this is the same a, thing that the that the built-in uh, WordPress post class does. Yeah. Uh, so so it matches that up for as best as possible. Consist, consistency sake, I guess. Well, more to try to my one my, one of my goals in this was to try to speed things up a bit because of the micro sub issue. Yeah. And all this, um, all of those functions, the micro formats to post class. The parsing are now all separated so that I can turn them into a repository of its own at some point. It may be very WordPress specific, but it will be a separate repository. Because mm -hmm. it does use a lot of WordPress functions. I don't I don't want to start switching to generic PHP functions. But that's a lot to do in a version, which is why as soon as I get a few people testing, I think that Doug Beal looked at it and it fixed a few of his problems. I think you may have briefly looked at it. I figure if, I just want a few people to look at it because it does change some of the underlying uh, functionality. Yeah. And if nobody, if nobody sees anything obvious, it's, it's going to go. And yeah. the next version will have some more impressive features. But again, this has a lot of under-the-hood improvements that I need in order to do a bunch of other things, including uh, MF2 feed, which is um, Matthias's um, rel alternate plugin, should actually, with the new data, work properly. Although maybe yeah. I'll go and override it and start using. So has anybody, or are there reports from the wild of anybody using MF2 feed? Oh, oh, I did forget working. to mention that. I did forget to mention that my parsing class now uses it. Okay, because uh, that's, that's the other actually, thing. Yeah, it actually, it actually goes in three levels. Um, Aaron, Aaron Parecki actually has his site deliver. Um, if you tell it that you want MF2 when you make a request for the page, it will automatically deliver it. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, I go in stages. First, I try to ask what, um, for that actual content. And if it returns HTML instead, I look for rel I parse the, the microformats, look for the rel alternate, and then use that instead of the parse microformats. Otherwise, I parse the microformats. Mm -hmm. So basically, now I'm using it. That just makes me so tempted to go back and use the old uh, Kubrick theme from a thousand years ago. Oh, just work. to see. You, um, just admittedly, to see you still have the MF2 feed problem, which is, again, uh, the compliance issue that I just fixed with PostKinds, but it should actually work for new posts. Yeah. Now, the other fun part of it is um, if you actually go and into the parser and put in a listing it and parsing it. Mm-hmm. And you can test all of that because there's a new testing function. Oh, what's that? These are, these are the fun ones. Well, instead of the old, um, what was go to? Yeah. There's now a parse this um, option in the Indie Web Settings menu. And if you put it, put this for any URL. So I basically yeah. brought the parser directly in for debugging. So if you are trying to figure out what information the parser can get from a site, it will show you exactly what it's getting. And if there's a problem, you can report it to the developer. Mm -hmm. One of these days, that's why I'm thinking of giving it its own repository, because I now have a good reason to do that. Yeah. 
Well, I know along the way, Aaron's seen issues, and typically it's with WordPress sites using his his feed reader. Yeah. So, so with sites being able to push out a real alternate feed, and now potentially. Uh, yeah, well, it, it's an alternate option. You can never 100% rely on one option. Yeah. But I tested, not only did I test microformat sites, I tested a bunch of OGT-capable sites. I rewrote all of the OGT code. And I also um, changed the priority. Uh, so it will only look for the OGP properties if it can't find certain microformats properties. So you may see in some cases that it doesn't quite work as well as it used to. Uh, if it doesn't, then I can tweak it again. But I was trying to basically make it make more intelligent decisions. Mm-hmm. Also, it will show you all of the raw data before. If it does um, OGP in a property called underscore raw. So anything with an underscore, the system sort of ignores. So it filters out most of the time anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you look at any site, it should be able to figure out most of the important data and some data that you that I'm not using yet but I'm kind of curious too if and I imagine Aaron will throw it in and make it work for sites that are supporting a rail alternate for his own needs and I suspect yarns probably would do something similar well, yarn, right off the bat yarn is using parsless yeah since it's using that are any of the other micro sub readers actively pulling this in uh not that i know of but yeah um it was designed to be pretty wordpress specific but it is there's nothing that says that that if they just take out the parts of the code that are wordpress only that it wouldn't work all of the logic yeah. is or well, well and mostly i say that too so that if those other feed readers in the feed reader universe are looking for a richer subset of data you know, they can find it somewhere and pull it in, particularly given the number of sites on the web that are WordPress-specific. Well, not just WordPress-specific, uh, that don't have any microformats at all. Yeah, well, and which is even, you know... <laughs> so if it's running 30% of the web and, you know, only 0.01% of the those sites have any micro reasonable microformats... Yeah, well, the next the next thing that I may do if I really want it to be crazy is cult core uh no um you you said you were talking about uh wordpress itself now wordpress includes something called the rest api which you've heard me sort of mm-hmm. deal with. so have uh you do know that most of the rest api is uh unsecure in terms of it will not prevent you from pulling uh data about posts from it in what amounts to a structured format yeah, uh, which doesn't make everybody happy, but it is there. So if you went to your site slash wp dash json slash wp slash v two slash posts, then you would basically get the post endpoint, and it does actually start. It renders your posts, including rendered content, in a nice neat format, including the type, including a link to it, including the modified. So 
you can get a lot of data about a post that way. Admittedly, mm-hmm. not everything, um, because it's what the site chooses to share, and it doesn't automatically include metadata, but it would include on my list to try to use to extract information, because it would tell me exactly what was content and what wasn't. Yeah, that's useful. Or at least as close as possible. So the question is, do sites, does every site have this enabled? And in some sites, they've turned it off and made it so only authenticated users could read it. But any WordPress site should have it. And you can get in, you can get basic information about stuff if the and parsing chan- methodology doesn't work. Yeah, and chances are most people haven't turned that off if it's the default. Well, it's, it's one of these interesting fights because people are saying that they should turn it off. And, you know, the whole point is if there's private information, it should be restricted. Yeah. Some of it's public. And admittedly, I don't like some of their choices, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but let's see, that occupied most of my time in Manila other than working. Okay. So here's the, here's the, here's the next good question is, so you did all of this. Yeah. What did, what did you do on your second day in Manila? I took a walk. <laughs> I walked uh, two blocks north to the mall, and then the next day I walked two blocks south to the mall, and then I walked two blocks west to the mall. That's a lot of malls. You'd be surprised. I, there are a lot of malls in that neighborhood. But if you're wondering why did I keep walking to the mall, even though I didn't actually buy anything, uh, it was a place I wanted to take a walk, and I can go to a place that was air conditioned. Yeah. Um, although I did buy a, a USB hub because I was having some trouble with the number of devices I was trying to connect to my laptop. Mm-hmm. Mm. I joined the local warehouse club. That's not bad. I well, they they import Kirkland products for the Costco house brand, so it was stuff I recognized. Yeah. But no, it was a nice trip. Um, wish Cathay Pacific had Wi-Fi. But what can you do? <laughs> but I'm just excited because one of the reasons why I started working on Parse This while I was trying to figure out. I really needed a break from the micropub problem because I still haven't figured out what it is and I thought maybe a little distance might help. Oh, yeah, clear your head a little bit. Work well, on a different still, problem. Yeah, I still don't know. But also it's related in that I did need to push a new version of PostKinds because of some compatibility issues with what I was up to. But while I was doing this, um, Indigenous for Android got some features um, that I've been looking forward to, which helped out. So my work, my goal for since 2014 when I joined the community was to be able to read on my phone in a feed reader mm-hmm. uh, to be able to save those articles and to be able to share those articles in a feed with other people. Alternatively, save them privately for my own use, etc. So PostKind started because of that. Um, everything started because I wanted to achieve that sort of goal to be able to sit somewhere, read, and either save the articles, um, basically own my bookmarks, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be able to share those. Now, share is sort of a, a very vague word for it, but I wanted to be able to post them somewhere on my site in a way that other people would see them. In a where when I wanted to basically have a conversation around. Mm-hmm. And the big problem tended to be that the tools weren't there. So I started working on the WordPress side of tools and post kinds came out of that. And so did syndication links, although uh, considering that every API seems to be shutting down on us, uh, who knows how long, but 
then I wanted to share location. I needed that piece. But indigenous for Anvar. Now, Microsub never even occurred to me. Um, I didn't start really thinking seriously about it until probably the summit this year. Mm -hmm. Not that it wasn't talked about before then, but I have a feed reader. Um, I self-host it. I just switched. I was using tiny, tiny RSS, and I switched to fresh RSS. And at some point, I may switch to Yarn once I feel Yarn is ready for me. But when we started talking about it, and Aaron released the public beta of Aperture, which, truth be told, I have never actually used Aperture. (laughs) I have never actually used any microsub service. I've seen them being demonstrated, but I have not used a single one. Yarn will likely be the first one I would use. And I actually have to fork it and do some modifications because I was reading the code and uh, I recognized some of it. It was uh, derived from other work I was involved in, and I think I can make some improvements. Oh, good. But he's done a very good job. So on one hand, I think I could help. But on the other hand, if I jump in and, and butt into every single project, then there will be nobody else in the community doing anything. <laughs> well, I think some of those some of those big pieces, especially with microsub, are such tremendously large pieces. Well, and I, you know, the trouble for me is the authentication part and getting data moving back and forth. And thus far, I have not been able to. Well, what are you trying to authenticate? Uh, come up. So even things like. Um, you know, indigenous for Android. There's a recent push, I think it's sometime in the last two weeks, that can I, I can actually log into it and see some interface, but then it's not actually talking to the micro sub server in a way that's uh, will allow me to subscribe to anything. Well, he was nice enough to fix a problem that I reported yesterday. Um, he put in uh, finally media import point support. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was not working with WordPress because of the way that the it was set up. And he pushed a fix today. So now the media option that he added, which is if you have a media endpoint, you, um, somebody suggested this, you can basically, you'll get an option to use the media endpoint to upload to your site and then it will share the link back to you so you can use it on your phone. So not oh, as that's useful. post. Yeah, but it wasn't working because um, of one thing. And I could have fixed it on the endpoint side. But it, um, it wasn't the way that it was implemented was not consistent with the spec, so it was fixed on the indigenous side. Mm-hmm. I may also fix it on the endpoint side also at some point, but it wasn't expecting data in that format. So, but it got fixed. So now I can do book, I can do bookmarks. I can do all these things through indigenous, and they'll go to the site. And one of the post kinds improvements with the new version is that it will enhance it. Admittedly, it will enhance it in what amounts to a uh, somewhat non-standardized way for uh, JF2, mm-hmm. but it is standard for MF2, uh, which I learned. Um, basically, if you copy, there's a question about authoritative references. The JF2 specification um, talks about references, which don't appear in MF2, which has the purpose of the references property in JF2 is to exclude any non-authoritative data from the defined object. So non-authoritative data is moved, so the implementations looking only to process authoritative data may simply ignore the references property and fess any data that would be contained there from its authoritative source. 
If a property is a reference to an object that should be defined authoritatively in some other location, the reference's property should be used. So I'm currently not using it. Maybe in the next version. Hmm. But there's no way in MF2 to define an um, authoritative. I probably should have that conversation with some. Um, I basically pull information out. That's the whole uh, concept of parse this or extra or one of those things. And I basically store a citation. So the citation is not authoritative. The site is. So according to yeah. one specification, it should be stored separately. And I should only store the URL. Not now, but someday. Yeah. But either <laughs> one way, one of the things I care about that not everybody does is a lot of people just store the URL and, and I store enough information to make it look good. Now, uh, whether or not I make it look good, um, but if I were to go and get my phone right now and use indigenous to bookmark something, it would come to the site fully fleshed out. It would show you the site, the title. It would show you the site if it can figure out what it is. It would mm -hmm. show you the summary if it can figure that out. Um, in the next version, I may start tackling those featured images that I've been storing but not actually doing anything with. Yeah. The next ver um, this version is all about um, some standardization. The next. Yeah, it's like the the the, the old math mathematician's trick. You spend the day trying to prove the thing directly, and at night you try and spend all your t time trying to uh, prove that it isn't true. And if you are um, if using web mentions uh, for WordPress, the thing that I wrote at. Um, the Indie Web Summit is now merged in, although uh, part of it is disabled behind a flag. Wait, which was this? Uh, this would be a vouch. The vouch part, yeah. Uh, so it comes in two parts. Um, built into the system, it is now storing the vouch property. That part is working. Um, the part that is not is um, actually doing something about vouch is only if you enable the flag. And what it does is it checks vouch against uh, the whitelist. Mm -hmm. So the whitelist is built into web mention, and there's a new feature in the comment um, administration panel that in addition to the standard built-in approve, there is now a tab there that says approve and whitelist, which will approve a comment slash web mention and automatically put it on the domain whitelist. Mm. And it only works if it is a web mention. Now, the problem Interesting. being, it doesn't work if it's a uh, web mention that's turned into a comment, which I will probably have to fix at some point. But for now, it only works on if it detects information showing it's a web mention. Yeah. Or it came from one. Uh, also, uh, ref backs are now part of semantic link backs, and the plugin was officially released. I can't remember if that happened before or after I left. I think it happened after, if yeah. I remember. So just, uh, just there after. are a lot of improvements I probably should make to it. The plugin doesn't need any more features. It just needs a little better logic because I've been reading my ref backlist. I, I, I'm guessing you still have it on or you turned it off. No, I still have it on, but I think the only one, oddly, the only ones I think I've received are ones that I did you forced. The, did you force the updated myself. version from uh, WordPress.org? Are you still using the, the development version? Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good question. I may still be using the development version. I, before I released it, I made a bunch of tweaks, and I'm getting all sorts of useful things, although I 
I think uh, people were right. There is some noise in it that I probably have to resolve. Yeah. So, for example, I have a, a ref back from the note entry on the IndieWeb wiki that comes back saying that on that page, somebody must have linked to that particular thing. Yeah. The, for example, the vouch uh, one actually does have a link to my article on vouch brainstorming. Yeah. Um, so basically, anytime we, you know, all these links come through, I'm getting a bunch of them. And it's, mm-hmm. it's interestingly helpful because that does add a lot of nice context, although uh, there's a bunch where I sort of have to say I better look at them more closely and sort of tighten how it decides whether or not a vouch is not a voucher, whether a ref back is worth doing anything with. But now semantic link backs will parse them. Mm-hmm. So it will try to present them like all the others. That's fancy. Although I should say that too, it's now it dawns on me that it seems odd that the uh, the IndieWeb wiki doesn't send or receive uh, web, web mentions itself. Uh, no, it does not. But, but now, that you, now that you got ref backs working though, who needs it? Well, it's a, it's a good way to cover myself. Yeah. But as I said, what I need is a blacklist of sites that it won't do. Uh, for example, I need to blacklist uh, Google Search and a few other things. To make it easier. Oh, yeah. But you know, I need people to give me some ideas on that. Also, I need to sort of I get some some doing this effectively as I'd like it to. So, I have to. but I don't think that that plugin requires that much attention. So, is there any mention software? In existence that isn't supported by you. You've got ref backs, you've got track backs, you got ping backs, you got web mentions. Well, I hate track backs. Is that the whole? That's the whole king caboodle, right? I would, I would disable track backs. Though. They're just not secure enough, or update them. Um, I actually um, contributed to WordPress having a uh, filter that could actually replace the track back handler with a custom one. Hmm. Uh, my reason for asking for them to put it in was so that I could actually write something that would take trackbacks and actually verify them more effectively than some of the other plugins that do it, or turn them off completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never actually wrote that, so someday. After you got itineraries finished and trips. There's always a lot of projects. Or the venue. I think that was your... Yeah, your, venue. your one big nagging itch, right? Uh, well, venue was necessary um, to cover travel. Venue is basically the equivalent of a book. Um, the way that I was writing it was the equivalent of a bookmark for places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get to it. If I ever finish up Micropub and uh, Postkimes, which should be shortly, I hope because I'm this close to just saying Micropub, it's that at least we have as many people as we did before, even though it's yep. not 100%, and just keep trying to figure it out in a 2.0.1 version, but not basically wait any longer to let people who it would work for actually use it. Yeah. Well, the one thing I haven't tried yet either that I need to in the next day or two, uh, I, I had to do the workaround and throw some custom code into my uh, HT access file to get headers yeah, but, to show up and be able to use micropub at all. Yeah. And that's, um, that's probably what's been happening. 
And my guess is I've left that in there. So I've my next troubleshooting step is to yank all that stuff back out. Does I try the new version too and see, see if it's coming through. I have it checking in four different places. As many places in the code that I could think of to find it. Yeah. So we'll see. But then again, that may only fix my one problem. There still may be 50 well, other people out there. Who... Yeah, I just want to continue trying to figure out why that's a problem because it shouldn't be, and there's more than one way to pass it. Yeah. Well, and why it's a problem with the majority of MicroPub clients, but somehow never seems to be the case with Quill. Well, Quill actually sends it not just as a header. It sends it as a query string. Yeah. It's not. Um, you're not supposed to do both. You're supposed to do one or the other, according to... But uh, Quill, according to the author of Quill, yeah, well, he he did that for testing purposes, I gathered. But. Yeah, well, it, it's nice because it's bulletproof and just it works. Yeah. But let's see what else is, is exciting and going on. But then we get to microsub, so that's the replacement for my fresh RSS reader. So basically, I'd be in the indie web community with self-hosted stuff from start to finish. Even if yeah. I didn't add microsub, I'm almost there. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, but then, you know, I have these long-term plans. I use Pinboard to store bookmarks. I start writing a Pinboard integration and start pulling in my old bookmarks. Yeah. And one of my questions is always what to do with all those bookmarks. But Because if I actually went into my Pinboard thing, which is there but not really for... Um, uh, 38,518 bookmark things. Damn, that's a little bit of data. Yeah. Especially when you parse it all. Yeah, but I haven't decided what I'm going to do with it. Uh, if you've got a plug-in that automatically emails people with new posts, turn that off first. Uh, I learned that from that uh, disaster <laughs> a few years ago when I imported my old live journal entries and it reposted them on various sites. Yeah. Uh, but no, I turn. I don't automatically posse to anything anymore. Yeah. But that's the other. That's another missing piece that I'll eventually get to the when it comes out the other end. But I'm increasingly, as if all these sites turn off their APIs, I'm increasingly souring on the idea of sending. I'm thinking of just going back to the old traditional. I will follow people, and I'll work yep. on the problem of following, which yeah. is on my list. Well, had you you were using I think it was a tiny RSS before? Yeah, I replaced it with fresh RSS when I did, did the, I, the re. Yeah. It seems like this last week I read that somebody had built a uh, was it a micro pub plugin to go with it? Uh, yeah, but uh, did, the, did you ever use it? Uh, no, the uh, lead developer of tiny tiny RSS is not a uh, community type person. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think I've seen twenty people leave it in the last six months or year, well, stating the very exact yeah. well, thing. Uh, one member of our community mentioned that uh, the web sub implementation inside Tiny Tiny RSS should be updated after PubSub Hubba became uh, web sub, and the yeah. lead developer's response was to rip out all of the PubSub Hubbub code and say now it's a plugin problem. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah. As I said. Um, I'm not saying that uh, he doesn't seem like he does a lot of stuff. It just he doesn't seem to uh, be community friendly. Yeah, he seems to be sort of a, a one of those Lone Island type people. And 
So fresh RSS is, seems much friendlier, but my goal is to eventually switch to Yarn. And if I have to you know, do pull requests until it suits my needs, right now, as I said, I tried to help out on the parsing side since I had parsing code I wanted to fix anyway. Yeah. And I may do some more with that by going in and testing it. I have not actually tested it, and it's on my list of things to do. Yeah, I've been trying to focus more on the MicroPub2 problems and getting through that, and then work a little on uh, well, I'm waiting getting for... post kinds squared away so you can push those too. I'm waiting for more data. Uh, although I, I will admit to the some of the smaller changes you've made even in the last month for MicroPub just or uh, indie auth those two the little small incremental changes have actually made it possible to use a bunch of new MicroPub clients that hadn't worked before at all with WordPress. Well, that's one of the reasons uh, why I did the rewrite. There are about five of them, and you know. One was to try to make it more like the other plugins in the community. Yeah. Um, because, and I sort of um, pushed it at the time with Matthias, who used to write everything the same way, you know, all of the code in one gigantic file, which is the way MicroPub was set up, instead of sectioned out so that it was easier to maintain, work with, and for new people to understand. Mm -hmm. So some of it was that, because if you want new contributors to something and you want people to start coming in you need to make and one of these days i may just go through every single plugin and start write writing doc blocks for everything yeah uh, more than i have now i have a few of them but i always when i'm in a rush i always forget the documentation well and features uh, are more exciting than documentation sometimes so i admit that i make that mistake well you you pick that one month a year where you do nothing but write documentation you know hey no november is a nice month let's or maybe you choose February because it's the shortest. Um, or maybe you choose, uh, you know, because we've just gone through uh, Indie Web Summit in June, and we've got Indie Web Camp Oxford and Indie Web Camp New York coming up literally in the next two weeks, both of them. Well, I'm going to see if I have time to remote into Oxford and I'm definitely attending New York. I was able to take the time off, although my boss has been out of the office since I got back. So I don't know if he's going to try to talk me out of taking the time off. No, but don't want to do that. Not maliciously. Um, there's just always a lot to do. Yeah. I'd imagine that's the same at most places of business, but um, things happen. So we'll see. Um, I don't anticipate him reversing that uh, because by my calculation, if I don't take some time off now, I won't have time before the end of the year and it's use it or lose it. And I don't want yeah. to ask me why I'm trying to take off around Christmas, which I don't celebrate yeah. when all the people who celebrate it probably want to take off. But, yeah. Or be stuck with saying, yeah, I'm going to take the whole, whole month of November and December off. I don't, I don't, how much vacation time do you think I get? Can't keep it at all. <laughs> How much vacation time do you get if you're you think that people take off two months of the year? No, well, I mean, you know, there, I've worked at place I've worked at places where they do let you accumulate, but 
accumulation does you no good because you can't ever do that. I'm going to take a whole month off or two months off. The only people who can do that are Europeans. They get a lot yeah. more vacation. Or even if you, you know, if you have a baby and, you know, you get, you know, four or five weeks oh, or a couple four, months of maternity Only four or five leave. weeks? I think it's a year in Ireland. Oh, geez. I'm going to move to Ireland and have babies then. That sounds like fun. Uh, have you, you figured out how to do that? No. Well, not by myself. It's, it's like all good indie web work. It's community. It's community-based. I just thought I'd ask because that would be a scientific marvel. Yeah, no. Oh, I, you know, I, it, it is one of my areas of expertise. I do know more about in vitro fertilization than any other 10 people I know. Yes, but this isn't junior. Um, but I, you know, I, st- I still need, you know, I still need something to inc- incubate the uh, the egg for the nine months. Anyway, uh, jokes about that aside, um, I never take that much time off, and I'm bad at it. Uh, yeah. That's why you see me at indie web events, because otherwise <laughs> I'd have no idea what to do with my time off. But well, it's, it's good to have that kind of hobby, though. Yeah, guess gives me an excuse to go places, and uh, I don't think I'm going. Um, as of now, I don't think I'm going to any other indie web camps between now and the end of the year. Although I did say that I would change my mind if. Matthias came to a German indie web. Oh, yeah. I would take the time off because I've never met him and we've been doing all this stuff together all these years. There you go. So he's one of the few people who can get me to Berlin. Not well, I think against Berlin. But. I think it'd be fun just to go to Berlin, you know. Yeah, but. Camper or otherwise, but. No, I'm just saying that because of, you know, the rest of the year, I'd. Um, so have you. I would commit to that if. If he was yeah. going, but I right now I can't commit to it. So, have you thought about what you're going to work on for Oxford or New York? Well, Oxford coincides with uh, some other things going on, um, so I don't know if I'm going to get time to work on anything but what I'm working on. What I'd really like to do is um, is to continue what I'm doing. Probably I'll spend some time looking through the micro sub server, testing it out, and seeing if there's anything I can do to help push it along. Uh, including getting rid of all the references to other plugins that are still there because of code that he reused. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the stuff that I do for most plugins. But uh, beyond that, I miss Simple Location. There's a bunch of stuff I want to do in there, uh, especially after what happened a few weeks ago when I ran up. Uh, now that uh, Google makes you give them a credit card in order to use their Maps API, uh, I made a little uh, calculation mistake and I ran up a small bill. No. Uh, so I want to make um, no. I I basically after that um, turned off. It was um, I had one system using the maps my maps API key that was pulling about every three seconds, and I yeah. didn't realize it was pulling that much. If I I don't need it that much, I turned it down. Uh, but I I uh, awkwardly paid the amount of money that they billed me because I was so embarrassed that I'd done that. But um, I think it's time to look back at that code and see what I can do with it. Well, I would think that Google, in their infinite wisdom, would let people know, hey, we're going to, you know, two months out, we're going to change it, so this is what your bill would look like under the new regime, uh, so they, they don't not. run it. No, admittedly, they did have quota things, but I, and I thought I turned them on, but clearly I did not. Uh, they're yeah. now on. 
and I have, you know, I, I have to get better about some of those clerical tasks that I always put away. But um, I have some stuff I want to do on the on the location side because I've made it so that now automatically when you send a bookmark into Micropub, Postkinds comes in and tries to enhance it. Um, now that Indigenous can send location, I want to be able to take that location and automatically store the weather. Mm. So the, that is not automatically triggered now. Yeah. Now I have uh, one of the things on my list of requests for uh, the app is a property called Location Visibility. It's supported by uh, the WordPress Micropub endpoint, but not by any other endpoint. Because I'm mm. proposed it. Mm -hmm. so, um, I asked if it could be put into the Android app. It's basically uh, the equivalent of the public, private, and protected settings in WordPress. Yeah. The idea being that you may want to store your location, but you may not want to share it. And I have a bunch of things around that that I have to do because... I want to make sure that if somebody doesn't want to share the location, that it is not being shared. Yeah. And right now, there are some suggestions that it might not, that the privacy stuff may not be working the way that it's supposed to. Yeah, I think I still, I haven't checked it in a while. I know at some point, if I marked the location as private, or uh, maybe it was public, but I was having an issue with the overlap of private posts versus public versus password protected in WordPress. Password protected or just uh, the, the protected? Well, or protected. But it was... Yeah, password protected uh, um, something else. Yeah, it's, it's password protected, I think, the way WordPress does it. But when I set a... There was some conflict between that and simple location and simple locations privacy settings that even when I was trying to do a private post just for myself that had location, it, 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 was, it, it was basically sharing your location even though the whole post was private, is what I'm guessing. No, 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 no. The simple location was forcing the whole post to be public rather than private. Yeah. Which was that, but I don't know how that would happen. Very bizarre. And I, my only guess is that there, you know, maybe it was a, a variable name collision and it was taking the one from simple location and overriding it for the entire post. Yeah, as I said, uh -huh. I don't know how that could happen, but I, I wanted to get back to that plugin again for the automated micropub part. Yeah. I would basically do the same thing I've been doing, which is every time you updated the post, it would look for that information and store it. But I noticed too at the time, because this was... I'm back in January and I haven't, I don't use, I don't use that option very often. So it's not where I don't use simple location and make my own posts private. But I noticed that if I go in and I, in the admin UI, looking at a full list of posts, if I do a quick edit and change it to a private post, then it saves it and stores it on the back end privately without any issues. I want to fiddle with it a bit more. Off the to idea go is that every post would have that. Now, the other part of the problem is how do I get better location data? Uh, so right now, my location data is coming either from Micropub with the addition of 
indigenous location support. Or if I'm doing a post anywhere else, it's actually coming from my home assistant installation, which gets my location from my phone. But I want to make some changes to that. I may rewrite that whole feature because mm -hmm. I have another idea that I want to explore. Um, where it might be that I'm storing my location on the WordPress side and I have Home Assistant pulling it from there instead of the other way around. Mm -hmm. Also, after even though I've never released that Home Assistant integration, it's just a repo. Somebody just asked me about it. Oh, really? Hmm. They wanted to know how they made it work. I said it never worked for anybody but me because I never made it. But if somebody actually cared enough to ask, maybe I'll actually make it so that somebody other than me might want to use it. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I need is to have to go out and get you know a Google Home device. Just you know. oh no, no Home Home Assistant doesn't require a Google Home device. Oh no, okay. No Home Assistant can run on let, let's say a Raspberry Pi or one of those things that integrates um, basically components, which can be a whole variety of different services. So it will integrate with um, the Google Assistant um, service, but it would also integrate with the Amazon Echo service, also with various uh, lighting control systems with various information sources, uh, weather sources. It's basically, um, you remember Pigeon, which was like a multi... Uh, oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. Vaguely, I remember it. Trillion. Basically, yeah. one of these... It, um, Home Assistant is one of these applications that basically takes all these different services and ties them together into one single interface. That's why that's I like, like it. No, that's why yeah. I like it. And, you know, their integrations are nice. And I'd like to integrate my indie web presence into some of the integrations that I've built in there. So, for yeah. example, let's see, how many different components do they have? They have 1,146 different components. Uh, that would include uh, the Amazon Echo, Arduino, Wemo, Dark Sky, Ecobee, uh, Google Assistant, Google Cast, IFTTT, IKEA Trodfree, Kodi, MQTT, My Sensors. A Nest, Own Tracks, Philips Hue, Plex, Push Bullet. I'm just reading the top. Yeah, the big screen. ones. No, yeah. I'm just reading the front screen. That's what just comes up when you Jeez. load the page. But in different areas, not just you know traditional home automation things, but they have um, sleep sensors. They've been able to figure out how to get data out of uh, Sleep IQ, uh, data out of Fitbit. So basically, they have a a component called a sensor, and a sensor is basically pulling data from any source. Hmm. So, and it works in both directions. If I wanted to pull data from my house into my website or my website into my house, I could do that and do a bunch of weird things like having my lights turn on every time I get a web mention. There you go. But what I, or you can... what I really want to do is basically get my weather data that's being stored in the back end directly into my website. Yeah. So it's not just showing weather data at my current location. It can also show weather data at one of my weather stations, of which I have two. Or it makes it easier to uh, improve on uh, Aaron's Weasley clock. Yeah, I remember that thing. But as I said, for me, I'm just interested to see what I can do. I want to be able to display certain information from those integrations on my site and I want to be able to make posts based on certain information. Yeah. So I may bring back that integration and say, okay, fine. It, 
my house should be able to trigger a post to my website or my website should be able to trigger a post to my house. Nice. The problem is uh, they just implemented a new user authentication system, so the whole plugin will no longer work. <laughs> On a positive note, the authorization system they implemented was IndieAuth. Oh, was it? Oh, that's nice. Uh, well, I was very impressed by that idea. Um, they were looking for a way to um, basically do OAuth 2, and they happened to see the IndieAuth post. Uh, and so they took it and ran with it. Yeah, uh, it's sort of an interesting implementation, but they do refresh tokens and all this other stuff. But basically, I have to have WordPress uh, basically become an indie auth client to Home Assistant. And I've written it the, in the other direction, but not in this direction. So uh. hopefully, I, I should know enough about it to be able to do it, although I've never done a refresh token. So. Yeah. But. I'm that may be one of my things after not necessarily doing the entirety of simple location, but making some minor tweaks. I may go and fix this so that I can actually pull that data in and post it. Yeah, it would be useful. Or I even be, I may even be able to talk you into a home automation system. Yeah, or if well, if and if you've gone, gone that far too, I could see it not being. And I think I set it up for uh, with known once about a year ago because there was an OAuth setup plugin that you could set one known instance so that you could log into log into it and use a second known instance to post to it. Uh, so yeah. once you've taken once you've taken it that far with the home automation, you could. You could set it up so that you can use one one WordPress instance to post to your own site and then automatically syndicate out to another at the same time. Theoretically, Wouldn't which I could see, which I could see being super useful for teachers who often will set up like a class based site, but then encourage their students to own their own work and post it to their own site. And then typically they're sucking it in with RSS feeds or something like that in a planet-like fashion. But if you can set it up so that students could post to their own website and then optionally syndicate a copy to another WordPress instance. I'll figure it out. But I have a lot of exciting things that I'm thinking about, as I'm sure you are. But I think if you fix that home automation piece, that, that part will fall into place automatically. Well, it gives me an excuse to write an indie auth client for WordPress, which yeah. has a lot of other potential uses. Oh, uh, yeah. For example, I forget who it was who wanted to be able to basically use Micropub as a posse methodology. So basically, mm -hmm. you'd be able to trigger a Micropub client to go and act as a gateway to various sites. Yeah. Well, then that's kind of what Bridgie does, really. Yeah, Bridgie doesn't have a micropub interface, although admittedly, um, I think uh, Ryan talked about it but didn't actually want to do it, but was fine with having somebody else do it. Yeah. Although considering that he keeps having to take out parts of Bridgie Publish one by one, yeah, yeah, well, what can you do? Uh, in the meantime... Um, you can rebuild the web from the ground up the way that we all have been doing. But I have a question for you. What do you want to accomplish? You're going to possibly be remoting into two different 
Indie Web Camps, Indie Web Camp Oxford, which is coming up this weekend, and Indie Web Camp New York, which is coming up at the end of next week. Well, Oxford's going to be tough both because of the time difference, and it's another three hours for me than it is for you. Uh, and I'm simultaneously going to uh, WordCamp Los Angeles is this weekend. But so what, I'm. It's still the question of what would you? What are your? What are at the top of your list of things that you want to accomplish? So, uh, part of it is uh, going to WordCamp LA is a, I think, a bigger piece to continue having conversations about indie web in that space. Um, but I'm more likely to put together, uh, or try and figure out something more interesting to do for New York. Uh, but I think try, I, I want to try and do three troubleshooting ideas to see if I can get over the word, the micro, uh, the micro pub 2.0 issues that I've been having so that that can get dropped. Yeah, um, at least one or two people who have been having troubles for me to try to fix them before, because I don't want to create more people who are having trouble. Well, and particularly at the same time that I, you know, I think I've now I'm able to actively use three or four. Uh, OmniBear is now easily usable with WordPress. Um, yeah, that required some work. Uh, so that's up and running. Although I, and, and that's the other thing that intrigues me too with uh, postkinds changes that you've made and the auto parsing is I think the sending bookmarks from OmniBear typically doesn't, it's not sending as much direct data. So postkind, the postkinds version that I'm running right now isn't giving me as rich a setup as I would like. The but my guess version, is the, the new, new version, version will. Um, let's see, do I have OmniBear here? Let's see. Um, I forget in fact, actually, I think I noticed with OmniBear, it wasn't posting bookmarks for me unless I actually entered some comment text. Well, let's see. I have OmniBear here, and it is hooked in. Do I have to actually put some content in? Yeah, I had to actually type a, con a comment into the box to actually get it the post button to work. Which I'm guessing is just a small bug. Yeah, well, the interesting thing is that it's, it does set an explicit title. Although I wasn't getting that title on, on my site at the other end. Yeah, well, I suppose you could take out the title, but by default, it, it does try to put it in. Yeah. I'll have to ask if there can be a setting to not expressly put in the title. As a title for the post. Yeah. Well, I think he's just added bookmark functionality to it in the last couple of weeks too. So yeah, no, I know. I was, just I, I, I was talking to him about that. So let's see. Yeah, you can you can just wipe it out, but it yeah. is working. It is parsing it. Uh, the only interesting part is, according to this, it's not reading the author name from. The actual site that it's coming from, it's somehow reading the author name as the site that it's posting to. Hmm. I wonder how that's happening. I'll have to. Go look, I'll have to go look at what he's actually sending in. Um, 
anyway, that said, um, hopefully everything starts working. But the goal is for everything to allow me to have the workflow that I've been doing now in a much more organized manner. Well, and if you've got a good, solid micropub solution, then, you know, the yeah. amount of time you have to spend on the, your, the back end of your WordPress instance, Gutenberg or otherwise, kind of goes away. Maybe I'll start using Classic Press. <laughs> That's a whole other topic. Yeah, we could talk about that for hours. We're pushing over the two-hour, the one-hour limit already. We yeah. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, Classic Press is a proposal at ClassicPress.net to uh, basically fork WordPress uh, for a Gutenbergless version. Gutenberg being the new editor that uh, has so much polarization around it, and that I've avoided uh, tr saying what I'm going to do when it comes out with all the plugins I'm writing. Yeah. Now I I might have a different opinion of it if they said you know we're gonna we're gonna put web mentions into core well, and Baron, you know go full indie web with with this new version I you know they're look um in addition I've been watching their community vote thing and yeah. microformats is on the list I think it may be because I put it on the list yes I know I voted it up for you. <laughs> And I stopped short of putting three other considerations on there. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit and I'm going to watch yeah. this for a minute and see. But if they start bumping the, if they start bumping some of the things that WordPress will never do, which is um, more rapidly accelerate the minimum version level, yeah, uh, remove the dependency on things like Gravatar and get rid of things like XML RPC, yeah, that might actually be you know a leaner, meaner version of WordPress. And if you and there have been times when forks worked. Yeah. And you well, say, or, or when there's, you know, reasonable communication between the original project and the fork. Uh, I've been watching for the last couple of years. Um, there's a Drupal fork called. Uh, uh, and I'm going to forget the name of it promptly now. Um, Backdrop is the name. And they have been, there's probably about 100 people who are actively working on and developing it as an easy, and the, their focus is to make it simple and easy for small businesses and nonprofits to use Drupal. And so they have, they did the fork just before seven. So they're kind of sitting at what would be known as Drupal seven and aren't transitioning to Drupal eight. But because they're smaller and more nimble, and they've actively been able to kind of work on a bunch of small UI issues, they're making it cleaner and nicer. And they've taken a bunch of simple plugins that were, you know, the, I think they've got probably 80% of the top 100 Drupal plugins are now built into their core product so that you don't have to go in and activate them. And then they've taken a bunch of small little modules out of core that no one was using or hadn't used in, you know, well, that's three why or four I'm, versions. That's why I'm watching it. I think there's an yeah. opportunity. Yeah. So but, if it's small and quick and nimble, you can make some fast changes that make sense and then push those changes back or forth across that barrier. Um, well, my biggest concern is some of the things that they've said, which is basically... Uh, core development is being driven by different motivations than other people may have. Mm -hmm. So what is core development? It's okay. Let, um, we want to redesign the editor. 
uh, so why do we need to redesign the editor? Are people unhappy with the existing editor? No, it's not competing with X and Y. Well, do the, a large percent of people want to compete with X and Y? Yeah. It's, you know, we want to, it's, they want to change the paradigm. Are, there are people who are happy with the current paradigm. And instead of saying, okay, we, um, we can support multiple paradigms, because you could have multiple editors. They're saying, yeah. we're going our way. And, you know, it's not a democracy. Never has been, but, you know, I see whenever I suggest something that there aren't enough people interested. I don't know if another community says that they're interested in the values that I am interested in, which is removing external dependencies, which is putting in more integration so that it can work with other things. Then maybe I want to become a classic press person. Yeah. I, you know, I don't really have a place in the WordPress community. They've been uh, ignoring my point of view for years. I'm not talking about directly. I'm saying their values have not aligned with mine for a while, even though I'm a very enthusiastic user of the platform. Mm -hmm. You know, look, the REST API, I think, was the last big thing that they put in that I approved of. And a bunch of little small things. But, but this whole Gutenberg direction sucked all the oxygen out of anything that I cared about. Yeah. I'm not going to say that I have a, an inherent problem with Gutenberg. I'm just saying... It's oh let's talk let's not talk about anything else but it. Yeah, which is di a difficult and particularly in a case where you know I the way I look at it, my, to me, the solution MicroPub offers for creating a better UI for posting and more flexible posting seems like a you know not only a much simpler solution but a more robust long-term solution for people who I, are maybe i'll build micropub a micropub editor for wordpress admin yeah. that would be interesting well if you think about it you know at the end of the day with the proper micropub plumbing you could and if so let's say gutenberg is everything everybody's ever wanted and a back-end editor, text editor for posting to the web. If you could use that as an interface and then send a micropub request to whatever platform you're actually going to keep your content on, then great. Or let's say, you know, medium.com decides they're going to pivot again. And some, you know, I, some people have called it a really expensive typewriter. And they've got a great interface for writing and posting. But if you don't want to host your content on medium.com, you know, that's all, you know, that's the whole ball game. So if you don't want to do that, but let's say medium supported micropub, then you could use their slick, fancy, lovely editor, hit publish. And suddenly that editor really is the billion dollar typewriter that you're using to post your content to WordPress or Drupal or Joomla or Squarespace or whatever you're using, then yeah, suddenly that's, that's a huge, huge piece of business that they could be doing that they're not getting now. And even more so now that they've turned off the ability to bring your own domain name to the platform. For now, I just don't know, but I'm invested in the in the WordPress platform, original or possibly 
new version. So I will probably stay there for now. Yeah. Well, I looked at that queue that they had, and it seemed to be filling up with essentially a duplicate of all of the problems and issues WordPress has had in their issue queues for the last two decades. Yeah, but... (laughs) And a new way of prioritizing what should or shouldn't be done. So if nothing else, WordPress would be well advised to take a look at the issue queue and things being voted up and down. And Well, my my personal favorite is, since this whole thing forked because of Gutenberg, somebody actually put in a proposal on their voting thing, add Gutenberg support. Yeah, that's the first thing I saw, too. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so they forked to avoid Gutenberg, and somebody's saying, well, why don't you just put it in? Yeah. But, well, in, in all honesty, too, the even in the original, there is now a, you know, a plug-in support for the old version of the old editor. So it's kind yeah. of like, you know, but six no and one and a half dozen yeah. of the other. But there's no guarantee that it's going to stay, that anybody's going to maintain the classic editor. Well, that's the thing. If there's so many people who want it and want to support it, then... Well, look at the bookmarks feature of WordPress, um, which I was just talking about. It's been built in for a while, but it's been completely abandoned. And the the, the old um, links manager. Oh, the old links manager. Okay. And I, I was, was, I was looking it, at a way recently to store my bookmarks. Cause I was thinking of, uh, instead of storing them in post-metadata, uh, to actually storing them elsewhere. And I was looking at that and saying, okay, well, I, nobody's maintaining this. If I was going to re-implement something like this, I'd have to re-implement it somewhere else. Yeah, I looked around for a while. Well, no, I maybe made a year ago. And I think somebody's actually built a plug-in version of that Lynx Manager with new features and functionality rather than... Yeah, but I'd uh, re-implement it as, as a custom post type. Mm-hmm. Which actually is some, um, something I consider doing instead of storing my stuff in post-meta, storing it elsewhere, but one problem at a time. Well, I kind of like the solution you've come up with with bookmarks and post kind seems. Yeah, but it's stored in, it would still be the same experience just where I'm storing it. Yeah. It's that idea of reference instead of anything else. But uh, specifically just circling back to the whole classic press thing, uh, they're saying that version one will just be a Gutenberg free experience compatible with the existing site and two will be community led features brought up and voted for by the community. Well, and that's that's where you get into a little bit of issue too is who who's going to be either supporting or monetizing it and it gets into that same the same question that the indie web itself was first formed to create is who you know you can have lots of people say hey we wish we had x y and z but you actually need people to need that function for themselves, to need to dog food it, to have to have it and build it and use it for themselves. And if they're not doing that, why are you building it? So, you know, it's that old chicken and an egg problem is you can have everybody vote on what they'd like to have and what people want and what people need are totally different things. Well, if they have a version of of WordPress that... It cleans up a lot of the stuff that's there and is still compatible, then I'm potentially interested. 
Yeah. I mean, it's certainly worth watching. Yeah, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm not saying I'm not going to watch it, but yeah, it has all the resources of the other system because all the infrastructure is built up. But it basically is much more independent. Yeah, and I'd like independence. Well, and at some point too, you need to be able to be not 100% backwards compatible with every single thing on the planet. Yeah. And the things that I would have ripped out a long time ago are things that are never going to leave for WordPress. Yeah. You know, or even simple things like post formats are interesting and they're cute, but they should have gone the extra four steps that PostKinds has gone and continued iterating on. Now, the problem is I understand why they did some of those things. I read a lot of the, of the old literature. I read through every ticket that they did about post formats at the time and all of their discussions. But they just well, stopped after the then, whole thing that happened in 3.6. They just gave up on the whole idea. Yeah. And well, since it seemed it's not to me extensible, it, I had to rebuild it. So, uh, not having probably read as much of it as you did, my initial knee jerk reaction was that they were responding to, at the time, the growth and popularity of Tumblr and other, you know, I think Posterous was a fairly big one at the time. Yeah. And they eventually got bought out by Twitter and merged in and or aqua hired. Um, but it seemed to me like it was more a reaction to how do we compete with Tumblr? And, you know, Tumblr came and went and it's there and it's nice and it's lovely, but it, I don't think it's the threat to WordPress that it was. Yeah, but now they're doing the same thing. And then, you know, they seem to be doing that same thing, looking at Squarespace and, you know, I'm loath to even say the word Wix, but... You know, are those things the same flashes in the pan and are they digging themselves into the same hole that, you know, hey, we'll do this and this seems like a nice thing to do now, but are we going to continue on with it for the next two decades or are we going to work on it for three years and then abandon it all? Well, the better move would be to start eliminating things from core, but start putting in dependency management. But now we're getting a little more into the, into a WordPress type podcast than a yeah, you know, it's still interesting, but I always sort of want to keep us over to the indie website of WordPress. Well, and that's the you know that's to me the first thing I thought when I saw it was, okay, how you know if you're looking at it, what how does this fit into an indie web philosophy world? Who's who's building it? Who's maintaining it? And for what reasons? Um. Well, we'll There'll see. be a lot of people watching it, I'm sure, but it's the who's going to be writing code day to day, in and day in and day out, rather than just voting up or down on whether certain things should be implemented or not. Someone will succeed in solving that problem. Yeah, that's the only thing I can hope. Well, because if they leave me in the lurch, I don't know. What all right. Well, let's leave it at there. Um, and then we'll come back either next week after Oxford or maybe two weeks hence after we've recovered from New York. Yeah, I will. Let's see. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think the there's still a few tickets left for New York. 
I think they open up some um, last minute yeah. ones. Yeah, some last minute things popped open. So if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't registered, jump in. Or if you're in a city outside of New York and can't travel to it, uh, my guess is there's going to be some pretty reasonable audio and video live streaming from it uh, that one could get a a pretty reasonable indie web experience out of attending remotely that whole weekend. I need to recharge my batteries, as I was uh, commenting in a different context. Uh, my plan is basically to uh, soak up all of the enthusiasm and bottle it until the next indie web camp I attend. Yeah. They are pretty invigorating, I have to say. And then it always, you know, my, my problem is that you go there and you get 15 new itches that you didn't have before you went. Yeah, well, also, I want to see if I can help some people do something. So I may not accomplish as much personally if I'm trying to help other people accomplish their yeah. goals. But that's also exciting. Well, and even if you set up, you help three new people set up websites, that's three new testers for yep. MicroPump 2.0. We'll see. So but could could be worse. But until next time, as usual, I always enjoy the conversation. It also excites and invigorates me. Oh, yeah. Well, and I've only got three new itches on my list, damn it. And since it is appropriate to me, I am, even though it is not appropriate to a large percentage of people listening, I am going to say Happy New Year. Oh, yeah, indeed. Before we hit there, we'll, or the next episode, we'll be at that point. So, nope, we're at that point. Uh, the next one is have an easy fast. And there you go. And after that is, of course, the the classic Occupy Sukkah movement. <laughs> wow, I was working you... on that today. Uh, for those of you who have never heard of it, a Sukkah is a temporary structure that is built this time of year as part of a religious observance. And I just bought myself the travel pop-up sukkah. Uh, so it, instead instead of me ha- uh, building a permanent structure, wherever I go, uh, I can put the sukkah into my trunk and pop it up in five minutes. Is, it, is this a one-person sukkah or a uh, five-person sukkah? If I'm popping it up, no, it's a two-person. Okay. As far as is I can it, tell, it, it's not really that. Um, I didn't pop it up yet. I just unpacked it. Okay. Does it fit in your apartment, or are you putting this up on the roof? Uh, well, you you can't actually have one inside. You have to do it outside. So I have two choices, uh, behind the building or in front of the building. Yeah. But when I'm not using it so that they can't uh, tell me to take it away, I can actually just collapse it and bring it back inside. Yeah. Or, you know, you can make a little visit to Central Park. A bit far. And, I suppose yeah. on, on Thursday I could always haul it to Manhattan, but it seems a little inconvenient to haul a sucker to. Yeah. That would be well, interesting. An indie web camp with sukkah. <laughs> but I will, if when I put the thing up, I will put, I will take a picture of it. If you put together enough people and y'all did go to Central Park to do it, you could have a sukkah city. I prefer. Well, I prefer the more classic uh, purchase from Sukkah Depot. Oh, there you go. You know, you're you're. Your uh, central center for all your sukkah needs. 
Okay. <laughs> now we've gone so far afield, it's yeah. it's not even funny. So uh, until then, enjoy your apples and honey. That was also last week. Yeah, and uh, no, no, it's off the next month. You know, I know. It's, apple, it's apple season, so yeah. But the holiday that's happening on Tuesday involves eating nothing. So after that, oh. more food. But before that, more food. But uh, during, no food. It fill up. Fill up tomorrow at least. Oh, I'll, I'll see. Um, I try not to fill up too much. Yeah. Well, as you said, have an easy fast. I'm gonna try for one. All right. Well, until then, we'll see you all online in the chat. I hope so. Have a good one, David.